The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn Senior News Editor for Job Searches and Careers. Each week on Get Hired, we talk about leveling up. Sometimes we talk about finding work. Other times we talk about excelling where you are right now. And through it all, we focus on how to stay true to yourself in the process. My parents and grandparents taught me that you get a job and you stay there until you die, they kick you out, or the industry collapses. Fortunately, that's not how things work today. But that can seem daunting. My guest today, career coach and author Maya Grossman, is an expert in helping people avoid simply going with the flow. Instead, she helps people to start taking the reins of their own growth path. She joined me recently on my Get Hired Live show to talk about how you, yes you, can be the CEO of your own career, a company of one, if you will. Welcome, Maya. Thank you. So excited to be here. Yes, well, it's so exciting to have you here. How did you come up with this concept? Because it's a really great sort of thinking tool almost just to sort of say, you know, when I'm planning my career, how do I steer the ship? So funny enough, for the first 20 years of my career, someone else was calling the shots. Someone else was telling me what to do. Early on, it was my parents and then, you know, our teachers at school. And even when I went to college, the education system is very clear about what you need to do. If you do X, you get Y. So when I stepped into the workforce, I basically assumed I'm going to have to play by the same rules. And that meant doing my work, keeping my head down and waiting for someone to give me an opportunity. But about seven years into my career, something happened that really changed my perspective. So I, for the first time, figured out what I wanted to do, and I had to pivot into marketing. But I couldn't actually rely on the company or my boss to give me the opportunity that I wanted because that company didn't even have a marketing department. So for the first time, I had to ask myself, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make this massive change in my career? And I had to get creative and I had to figure it out for myself. I didn't have to wait for a company or a manager or the economy to create an opportunity for me. I created it for myself. And when I did that, everything changed. And once I figured out I can be in control, once I started thinking like I was the CEO of a one-person company, that's me, I... um doubled my salary with every move. I was promoted every two years on average, and I got to work for the best companies in the world. And initially, I thought it was just me. But then I started teaching other people how to do that. My friends, my colleagues, my family, and they were all making quantum leaps in their career. So I actually realized, you know, there's a different way to manage your career. And if you take control, you can pretty much make everything happen. Yeah, I think that is a really great mindset to be in when you're navigating your career. You know, my next question would be, you know, when you have this concept of I'm going to be the CEO of my career, can you give us an example of a decision you might make with that mindset while you're navigating your job, your job search, your career? 
Yeah, I think a great example is what people usually think about getting a promotion, right? So I think for the most part, people assume, okay, I need to be at a company for this amount of time. I need to maybe apply or go through a process. uh, And I need to wait for someone else to actually give me permission or allow me to get that opportunity. But my experience has been that you can actually create those opportunities for yourself. So if you think like a CEO, you'll ask yourself this question, okay, if I want to get a promotion, if I want to get to the next level, what would it take? What does it actually look to have a more senior role? And then you reverse engineer what it takes to get there. And you understand what is the gap between where you are today and where you want to go. And you take action, intentional action to gain those skills and um, those experiences. So essentially, you're qualifying yourself for the role before you even apply. And when you do that, there's no waiting and there's no hoping. You're actually creating the opportunity for yourself because you, you start doing the work. And when it comes to actually getting that promotion, it's just more of a formality because you'll already be doing the work that you want to do. It's just about getting that official title. If someone is going through the motions and they're kind of going with the flow at the same time, how do you begin to take control of your career? Number one, you need to have a strategy. You need to have a clear career destination. You need to know where you're going. It doesn't have to be 10 years into the future. It can just be the next thing that you want to do so that you can reverse engineer what it takes and take real action. Number two, you're going to need to have the right mindset because you can have the best strategy in the world, but if you don't actually take action, if you don't have confidence, if imposter syndrome is stopping you, you'll never actually move from the dream to the reality. And lastly, number three, you're going to need systems because procrastination is real. And when you manage your career, you have to think about it like going to the gym. You can do it once and expect to get results. You're not going to get a six pack if you went once. You really need to practice and do it over and over again to see the compounding results. And it's kind of hard to overcome procrastination. So when you have systems, when you create habits, it's a lot easier to turn working on your career into something that you do every day. So belief, strategy, mindset, and lastly, having the right systems in place. How do you identify an opportunity that is going to give you room to grow? And how do you sell your idea to show potential value? Yeah, um, well, let me give a specific example. Earlier in my career, I wanted to gain more strategic experience. So my dream was to become a CMO. And I realized in order to do that, it's not enough to have a marketing skills. I really need to understand strategy. But at the time, my role didn't actually qualify me to do that. So I remember going to my manager. He was working on a QBR report, so quarterly business review. And I actually offered to help. I said, you know, I know that you hate creating presentations. So let me do that for you. And all I want in return is just to see the information to learn how you actually go through the process of creating a strategy. And for the first quarter, I just created a really nice presentation. The second quarter, my manager actually sent me all the data uh, and gave me the opportunity to create the first draft of the deck. And then uh, two quarters later, I was just doing the strategy myself. 
So sometimes just by understanding where you have an opportunity to learn and taking on some of that responsibility, you can actually create the opportunity that you need. You know, CEOs of actual companies, they think of strategic plans, which is always a good move when you're thinking about your career. But CEOs often look 5, 10, 15 years down the road. How long should you really think about planning when it comes to your job search career planning? To be fair, I don't think there's a one size fits all. I think some people, if they already have the dream, if they know what they want, they can think a lot more into the future. For me, for example, when I just stepped into marketing, very quickly, I decided my goal will be to become a CMO. And I was able to plan almost 10 years into the future. But you can just think about your next move. And if not a move, maybe just a skill that you want to learn. I think the focus here is to be more intentional, meaning to have a specific goal that you're trying to achieve, and then taking action to actually get there. And that's kind of the difference between thinking more like an employee, which is just, you know, I'm just going to come to work every day, do my thing, and hope that something will happen, versus I'm going to be in control, I'm going to make a decision about the skill, the experience, the role that I want to have, and I'm going to work towards that goal every single day. But there are plenty of members of the Get Hired community who are still waiting to join a company where they can jumpstart their growth. So, how can the principles of being the CEO of your own career help boost your application's chances of standing out? Here's Maya. First and foremost, I don't usually rely on applying online. So I would definitely try and find either the hiring manager or some of the people who could potentially end up on my team and try and have informal interviews with them. Um, and that way, kind of have an easier um, way to to get my application actually reviewed. And then number two, I actually create a portfolio. So I don't just stick to my resume. I actually have a portfolio, even as a marketer, that demonstrates some of the highlights of my career and some of the things that I was able to do. And a portfolio is not a different version of your resume. It's actually an opportunity to demonstrate things that are hard to grasp when someone is reading a resume. And I like to create something more visual and attractive so people actually click through and, you know, enjoy going through it. But in the process, they actually gain more information about me. And I think because of not a lot of people actually spend the time to create a portfolio, it really helps stick out. Yeah. And I think also, you know, if you're going into those meetings with people, like you said, having something visual, having something engaging is something really great to give them because a lot of people, they worry that they need to have bright, bold colors on their resume or something like that. And that is fine. But, you know, if you really want to do something creative and out of the box, it's best to do that when you're going to be meeting those people in person because you can make yeah. that impact directly. We're going to take a short break. When we get back, Maya walks us through how to deal with imposter syndrome, outside negativity, and office politics. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. 
And we're back with career coach and author of Invaluable, Maya Grossman. So, as you're making big moves to grow your skill set and portfolio, you might be feeling a touch of imposter syndrome, aka you feel like a fraud. How do you get over those feelings of fear and inadequacy so you can charge ahead? Here's Maya. Yeah, so first and foremost, if you're feeling like that, you're not alone. About 70% of people experience imposter syndrome one time or another. If I'm being honest, my first day as the VP of marketing, I felt like a fraud. I thought someone was going to come in and tell me they made a terrible mistake. And I had a decade of experience. But it's very hard to control how we feel. So what really made a difference for me and what I teach others is to really understand that your thoughts are not facts. Your thoughts are not truth. Just because you're thinking something doesn't mean that it's real. And what happens is whenever we try to do something new, whenever we want to experience something we've never done before, it's a little bit scary. And our brains are wired to stop us from feeling pain. So whenever our brain thinks, oh, no, Maya's going to try and do something that might end up with a, a painful result, our brain try to stop us. And it's stopping us by telling us stories that um, are just going to make us feel inadequate and are going to stop us from taking action. So once you realize that your thoughts are not facts, you can start questioning them. And something that I really like doing, because it's very, it's very easy for me to come here and say, oh, just don't believe what you're thinking, but we still feel it. So it's very hard to detach the two. So here's what I usually recommend that you do. Write down what it is that you're feeling. I'm not good enough. I'm not ready. Uh, they're going to find out that I'm a fraud. Write it down. And then start thinking like a journalist or a detective. And your goal should be to either prove or disprove your thoughts. You need to find proof that will demonstrate whether it's true or not true. So for example, for me, when I thought that I was a fraud, I would ask myself, okay, have you ever seen anyone else being ousted for being a fraud? Has it ever happened to you, to your friend, someone you know? And the answer was no. And then I asked myself, okay, if I'm really a fraud, that means I am lying. I am deceiving all of the wonderful people who decided to hire me, which will make all of them, well, idiots. Is it possible that everyone else except me is that gullible? And the answer, again, is no. So essentially, through going through this process, I, I can prove to myself that my thoughts are not real. And that gives you an opportunity to tell yourself a better story. Because you know what? I've never done this before. And maybe I am not ready, but I figured so many other things out before. I will probably figure this one out as well. How do you deal with external negative voices or toxic folks? The easy answer is you need to ignore them, but it's actually very hard to do. So what I usually try to ask myself is, why are they doing it? And I think for the most part, people are finding it really hard to see you grow because it reminds them that they're stuck behind. They don't like seeing you trying something new because they don't have the courage to do it. So usually what I tell people is that you actually need to accept it with kindness and try to bring people along for the journey. Um, and it's not always easy, but I find that if you are consistent with it and if you um, you know, instead of getting mad or angry, you actually reply with kindness. Very often people will come around. One factor that comes into play when you're trying to grow your career 
office politics. How can you navigate these politics as you try to get promoted? Here's Maya. So when it comes to politics, well, um, I think for the most part, when you're thinking about a promotion, when you're thinking about qualifying yourself for the next role, you need to be very strategic. So there are two ways you can do that. If you have a good relationship with your manager, then I highly recommend that you bring them on for the journey, right? Have a conversation, talk to them about your goals, explain what you're looking for, and they might be able to help you gain those opportunities, but they will also have your back if any questions arise um, in the process. In addition, while your manager is usually one of the most important people, you will probably have a few other stakeholders who might impact the decision about whether or not you should get a promotion. And you want to make sure that you build relationships with those people. That's not to say that you need to suck up for them or to do extra work for them, but to figure out how to give value, figure out what it is that they need, what it is that they are trying to achieve, and see if there's anything you can do you know, within your responsibilities that would actually impact them. And the goal is that whenever everyone are in the same room and they need to make a decision about your promotion, they will all go to bat for you because they remember that you added value, they remember that you did a great job, and they're happy uh, to back up your request. Now, in order to actually qualify for that promotion, you're going to have to do the work, meaning you're going to have to figure out what the next level looks like and then slowly take on additional work. And when I say additional work, I don't mean for you to work extra hours. I mean for you to ask for tasks and projects that will actually give you the skills that you're missing. And to do that, you need to get really good at saying no for things that are just groundwork, things that are just more of the same. The company uh, that you work for, their goal is to make money. So if by taking additional responsibilities, if by qualifying yourself for that next role, you're actually adding value, meaning you're saving money, you're making money, or you're improving processes, it is very likely that it will be an easy decision for them to give you that promotion that you're looking for. And in that way, essentially, you're not relying on office politics. You're actually demonstrating your abilities and getting the reward for it. Stepping into that CEO chair in your company of one may seem daunting, but Maya says there's one thing that you can do today to start taking control of your career. Think about your career destination. Figure out what it is the next thing that you want to do, the type of experience that you want to gain. Maybe it's a different role. Maybe you're thinking about a promotion. Whatever it is, just get really specific about what you're looking for so you can then try and reverse engineer how to actually get there. And if I can give people one tip, and this is probably the fastest way to grow your career, and for some reason, you know, 95% of people ignore it. Once you have that career destination, find people who are doing the work that you want to do. Find people who have the job that you're dreaming about and just have a conversation with them. Learn how did they get that job? What are the skills that they're using the most? What is it really like to have this job? What does the day-to-day look like? Because when you do that, you will gain such valuable insights that will allow you to build that roadmap, the one that will eventually allow you to qualify yourself and get that dream job. 
thank you so much, Maya. I, I learned so much from this conversation. And I know everyone watching did too. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to see how many people start thinking like a CEO of their career. That was Maya Grossman, career coach and author of the book Invaluable, Master the 10 Skills You Need to Skyrocket Your Career. Now, this is the part of the show where we typically get to share a job search win from a member of the Get Hired community. But we're running low. Now, I know that's not because you're all stuck. I hear from so many of you every week about all the great steps you're taking toward landing your next job. So why don't you share them with us? Send us an email or a voicemail to gethired at linkedin.com with your win, big or small, and we just might feature it on the show. If you don't, I'll be forced to sing at the end and no one wants that. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. You can also join my weekly Get Hired live show every Friday at noon Eastern time on the LinkedIn news page. And if you liked this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien with help from Gianna Prudenti, Elias Avalos, Derek Carl, and Taisha Henry. Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is head of news production. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck. <laughs>